What's up everyone? This is Pastor Sam. This is Danny. And together we're exploring the Book of Mormon. Join us each week as we dive into each chapter outside of our Sunday morning messages as we explore what this book is trying to teach us. And today, the final chapter, Danny, chapter 16, the resurrection. The resurrection, yes. Yes, we are in it, we are in it. But before we jump in it, Sam, I'll let you introduce our special guest for today. We have someone special today. Uh, joining us in the podcast. I'm very proud of her. Maybe not. No, I'm joking. <laughs> hey, today we have my wife, Laura. She's joining us today. Welcome, babe. Thanks for joining us. Thanks well, for being part of this. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have uh, Laura be our final guest for this uh, 16 chapter as she share her thoughts on, on this chapter. Yeah, so she was 16. wondering when she's going to be part of this. <laughs> I was like, the whole week, where when am I going to be invited? When am I going to be invited? I was like, okay, it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> so, there you go. Is that any of that true, Laura? Uh, is not much that Sam says is true. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, just kidding. No, she, she's actually somewhat of, not, not, Laura is shy, can I say that? Yeah. My wife is shy, she's an introvert uh, at heart. So, uh, things like this is not some of the things that she likes to do best. But, uh, she, she, yeah. She, well, thank you for joining us and, and as we cap off this final chapter. Yeah. Well, let's just set the stage before we jump in. So, we, we pick up in uh, Mark is, is wrapping up what we call the passion session, which was the chapter 15 was really talked about this the crucifixion of Jesus and all that happened there, the in, the injustice that happened there, and, and in chapter 16 is the resurrection. The resurrection. Yeah. The the most important event uh, in, in the biblical narrative is the resurrection. Without Paul tells us that without the resurrection our faith is what? Futile. Is that the right word? Futile. Yeah. Futile, yeah. Futile, yeah. Like, uh, it makes no sense. It has no point. Um, our hope lies in the resurrection. The fact that we will be resurrected as Jesus was. I think Paul really picks up on that in all of his letters. Uh, and it's really where it, the, the hope of Christianity lies into. is the fact that um, physical death does not win over our lives. That we, like Jesus, will be resurrected and we will live uh, forever. I mean, this, especially this first section, it just, um, as in the rest of the Book of Mark, it's just so straightforward. It just, it gets straight to the point, and um, he, Mark just doesn't, doesn't mess around, so. You're right, it, Mark does not uh, mess around, he's very straightforward. Which, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, is that sometimes that's what we need. It's just like a straightforward message, you know, without having to be thinking too much about, you know, what uh, he's trying to, to teach, to tell on the story. Yeah, I think um, we, we know Mark is kind of that kind of a writer. We've seen that throughout the whole book. He's been just jumping around, jumping around. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I want to talk about just real briefly is like it says that they were they were talking amongst themselves as they were headed to the tomb, right? And they were talking about, like, who's going to do what? Most importantly, who's going to remove the stone? Because, so, 
I think there was anxiety moments here for the ladies, I think. Yeah. Wouldn't you say things that they're like anxious, like, who, when are we going to get there? Who's going to do what? Yeah. Like, you know? Well, I think that sounds like a normal conversation between women. Like, we're, there's just that practicality. Okay, so we got this. We got all of our stuff. We're, we're heading here. Wait, who's going to move the stone? Like, at the end of 15, <laughs> it says they, had, they were there when they put the body in so they they'd already seen the place yeah they'd already seen them you know probably saw do, do you think this is, is it like an emotional decision they're like we're just gonna go there we're gonna go do this like and then on the way they start to think oh hmm we should have thought about this first i don't know if i would i would say emotional decision I it's not a bad think, thing. I was just saying like... No, no, yeah. I am i don't know if it was necessarily... Like you're saying like spur of the moment. Like, spur of the moment, yeah. They like, just woke up and they were like, oh. Let's go there. Let's, let's go do this. Do yeah. Well, I mean, I think they have to prepare the body, right? So they're going to... They said they were bringing spices and things to annoy them, which would have been a Jewish custom mm -hmm. at the time. So they were they were going through the rituals of when someone, is, when someone dies, mm -hmm. what they do, so... In their mind, they're getting there. And then they get there, and voila, the thing that they were contemplating, who's going to move what? Guess what? It's moved. It's rolled away, the, the, the Bible says. Yeah, the, the guy, the guy Cedro. No. Yeah, Mark doesn't tell us who the guy is, but we know from the other accounts in Matthew, it's an angel. Yeah, an yeah. Angel so the, the way he portrays here, white robe means a, yeah. a divine person. You know, a supernatural person or a spiritual person or whatever you want to call it. Um, so it wasn't a human. Um, what do you think? Is there anything to be made about the fact that they were alarmed and he told them, do not be alarmed? Isn't that what the angels always say? Do not be afraid, right? Yeah, <laughs> that, not, that's true. Do not be do afraid. Do not be afraid. Fear not. That would be the, the <laughs> gut reaction. Well, what, what is interesting is the words that is um, used here for them, uh, the Greek word alarm that is found here, means both fear and wonder, astonishment and distress. It is the same word that is actually used uh, of Jesus, intense uh, distress in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he was, and he was uh, going through all that he was going through, yeah. In terms of the torment and, yeah, yeah. So there is like these, these divine and human moment just crashing itself right here, you know, mm -hmm. and that brings. I think the human, the human aspect of the individual just can't process the whole thing. It's just like you know, um, it's just can't process it. So. You know, that's the the words that is used. Uh, you know, astonished, distress, wonder, you know, fear. Uh, yeah, I think it goes back to what Laura said. Like, they always kind of say that. Fear not and do not be afraid is because when they speak, they speak with that authority or they appear in that way. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know that this is not natural. This is but, a supernatural event. Yeah, I'm but, in a supernatural event right now. Yeah, but do they think, do you think they were thinking there was like a hallucination over the thing? Like... Would you think that they well, were like hallucinating kind well, of thing? Like you're gonna go there, you're gonna find the rock, and you're gonna go see the body. Like you know, and then out of a sudden, there's like a guy on a white robe sitting there. So like, what's up? And you're like, what? Wait, wait, what? <laughs> what? Well, I'm probably just surprised too. I mean, they had to have known that they're. It Mark doesn't 
say it in his gospel, but that there were people, they, they were having guards to, that were supposed to watch yeah. the tomb um, that we see in other gospels. So I'm sure in their mind's eye, you know, they're already playing out like, how are we going to go about doing this? And then yeah. it's completely different than their plan yeah. that they've been talking about this whole time. I mean, it's just like being surprised. Wouldn't have you ever been surprised? And then like, as soon as that surprise happened, you're like, what, what, thousand, thousand. I, I, I just, I just can see this lady's face like. What? In shock. In shock. In yeah. shock. Yeah. But I like what I like what he said to them. I, I want to focus on the second half of, of of the first section there, the first eight verses. He said to them, "Do not be alarmed." He 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 acknowledges what what they were there for. He says, "You're here to seek Jesus of Nazareth, right?" Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to tell them, "He's not here. He has risen because what well, he told you all these things." And then he tells them what to do. He says in verse seven. And verse 7 is such a beautiful picture of, of grace, forgiveness, hope, and promise, right? Mm, mm. Where he tells them to, to he says, tells the, tell the disciples and Peter that he's going before you to Galilee. Knowing what we know about what has happened, what has transpired up until this point, this statement seems to be, uh, it's like an affirmation of everything that Jesus had said was going to happen, right? That he, sure. he, mm-hmm. he said he was going to resurrect, he would come. They didn't believe it. This is the moment. It's actually happened. It's real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk to me about your thoughts about about that. I I the, the I I focus on the word Peter. Mm-hmm. Like go tell the disciples and Peter. Now maybe Peter is highlighted here because Peter is telling the story in Mark. Yeah. Or or so you know what I like about this part, uh, the details. Mm-hmm. These details that are given is, can only be given for people that was there, right? Like the angels seated on the, or, you know, the, the heavenly being being seated on the right side, you yeah. know? And then the specific message, uh, you know, the, the feelings. Like, these are details of people who saw it, who lived it, and who told the, told the story. That which bring credibility to the text itself. Uh, but for me... Uh, I focus on this Peter, and I focus on what you just said, the, the, all the, what it means, right? Yeah. The redemption, the forgiveness, the grace uh, that, that was extended to Peter here, because if there's someone at this time that was probably feeling pretty low, it would be Peter. We need to pick me up big time. He, he would, and I mean, and that's what he gets. Uh, um, I just, that's what I, I focus on. I don't know. I, I love what you said there. I never thought it a direct statement, that verse in that way. I think it's very, very helpful to see this verse in such a light. Um, yeah. yeah. I think I see it as like, here's a secondary testimony of, of what Jesus said was going to happen. It wasn't from Jesus, it was from the angel. Sure, Affirming yeah. Affirming yeah. what Jesus said would happen yeah. did happen. What is agreed? What yeah. is agreed in heaven? It will be done on earth. earth. Yeah. So you know. So this. So and, and I think we play with that last week a little bit. How the conversation between Jesus and God went in heaven, you know, and and how you know how that conversation went, and who now I'm thinking who was around? Yeah. Was all the heavenly beings around when that conversation was? The then it was the angels, and then 
you know, uh, they already knew in advance uh, of, yeah. of the act, uh, of Jesus' act on the cross, the resurrection. Um, was the angel surprised that Jesus rose from the grave? Yeah. Uh, you know, like everybody else, or was the angels in the news? Was the angels in that they knew what was going on? Um, we definitely see angels being involved in the whole process. Yeah, angels because there is announcement of his birth that makes you seem they will be there with the pronouncement of his resurrection. That's right. You know, and and he even says he affirms. He says there where you'll see him, just as he told you. Told you, yeah. Yeah. So he is. He's not telling them anything new. He's not telling them. He's actually affirming what they should have already known. And I think that's, that's yeah, what I find Yeah, there's just that contrast of... Because at the beginning, you know, all of the women's actions up to now is... They have not believed what Jesus has said. They've, they're prepping, you know, like yeah. they're going to prepare his body that they believed was still in the tomb. You know, even talking about the rock, having to move that away, like they believed in the reality they were living at that time instead of the things that Jesus had that taught them and the things that um, that they were supposed to believe. Mm -hmm. Up until that point, they, ha they have not believed in what Jesus had taught them before. But I think that's part of human humanity, right? Sometimes you just have to be told that which Jesus has already promised you. Well, sometimes we have to be reminded. Sure, reminded. Yeah. Reminded, I think, yeah. because yeah. so many times the reality in front of us speaks against the things that we've been taught, the things yeah. that yeah. we mm -hmm. have learned. The the reality, you know, like the grief that they were in was so immense, as you know, they had just watched yeah. him be crucified, and I mean, they were with him the whole the whole yeah. time. Talk about PTSD. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's what I was gonna say. Can you imagine like people are in that state of, of shock or just that they put themselves in a place of like just have to get through what they have to get through, and yeah. for them, just do the next. Step. They knew what their mm -hmm. next step was. We gotta go there. We mm -hmm. gotta anoint him. We gotta put the spices on. That's such a cruel thing, though. That's that's I mean, such a, a tradition. I understand, but it's, that's a, such a cruel it, tradition. You just lost a guy, and then now you gotta go bait his body. Not bait, but well, put yeah. some spice and go visit the body again. Go check it out. Oh man, like you know, if someone who just lost someone's so uh, like not too long ago, I that's I don't know if I would have the and guts is, to go this, in this there is, and this then. There's a couple of days after. His body's gonna be ripe. Oh, yeah, gee, uh, yeah. I, no, we're not talking. We're not. Well, I just think this whole. Don't need you to stop whole, puking, right? Yeah, this whole theory is oh. not theory, but this whole and, story. I mean, is the just tradition weird. and stuff. Maybe yeah. that is part of the process of grieving too. Yeah. You know, it, being able to go and do that. I'm you not know, gonna put spice in your like, body, Danny. Yeah. You're gonna leave you right in there. <laughs> you know, even like in their own mind's eye, maybe bringing more some dignity back to jesus after oh. he's gone through the and whole yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, the whole <laughs> point was to honor the person yeah, it was yeah. to honor the body it's to honor the person yeah uh, you're right but you know what i think is funny on verse eight they went out and did what they didn't say anything they were trembling they're, no 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 no, no. like they were, i want to focus on the word they fled they fled yeah mm -hmm. but that's a bad word well, they just ran. They ran. They fled the scene. But, like, 
you flee the scene when you did a crime and then you ran. Well, so, so there's this <laughs> well, idea. Or like flee from what you think is dangerous. Well, I I, well, I like, understand, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like they did, did a crime. No, well, I know, but like, no, but the idea of the fear, word the, flee here is like, oh, well, you shouldn't be here. Well, the idea of fear mm-hmm. is interesting that you say that because the idea of fear is one that we see over and over in Mark's gospel, and it's however we mankind responds when god's power is being displayed so i give you a couple examples mm-hmm. it is the fear that the disciples experienced when jesus stilled the storm remember they said they were sure, afraid they were afraid yeah it said, it is who this, is this man who, who is this man yeah. come they, they were afraid yeah. the garrisons it was the fear of the garrisons when he delivered legion when he, yeah. when he got rid of them yeah, they were afraid yeah. right they were afraid god's they authority. kicked him out of there then it was the fear of the disciples when they saw jesus setting his face to jerusalem because he knew he was going to die they were like they were just afraid for, for yeah. that. So fear is that response that we have when God demonstrates his power. And I think that's what you're seeing here. That's what you're hitting here. And Mark has kind of carried that and he's tied it all the way throughout the book, at least in those examples. And if we look closely, we can see more is that when God demonstrates his power, when his authority displays, there's a there's a fear thing. But it's not a fear in the sense that you're thinking that. Well, but I that's what I say. Most of the, the time when we hear the word fear is a bad thing. And, right. But that's not what I don't think that's a connotation. Or the type of idea that he's trying to mm-hmm. bring here is yeah, a fear of like reverence, that. right? I yeah. think like going back to when what the angels tell you what Laura said at the beginning, like fear not. Like it's a it's a supernatural thing that's happening here and I think that's good. That's uh, that's cool, I like that. So I did I did I did do a little bit of reading and thinking about this passage because uh, it talks about the resurrection and I found that there's some theories out there mm-hmm. that said that that goes against the resurrection and what they say like as um things that discounts the resurrection that reject it there's these theories there's about there's 11 of them okay so i don't know if you've heard of them but there's this one called the swoon theory you ever heard of the swoon theory is that what is that greek <laughs> it's the swoon theory is that jesus did not really die but he fainted because of the oh, enormous okay. physical pain. I, I never heard this wound thing, but and yeah. That's I mean, what I was saying. I was <laughs> like, you probably know some of these. So that's one of them. The other one was the spirit theory. That the spirit theory is that Jesus, he was not raised bodily. He was raised spiritually. Yeah. In fact, the, the Jehovah Witnesses, they, they hold to this theory. Yeah. That, that he was, he, he, he resurrected as a... Spirit, not mm-hmm. a body resurrection. Well, they actually, when they say, the Jehovah Witness says, when uh, verse 12 here, after these things, he appeared in another form to mm-hmm. the two of them, they use that to yeah. to prove uh, to be one of those verses that they use to that. But, anyways. Yeah. And the other one, we don't have to go through all of these, but the but other, the other one was the, was the hallucination theory, which is kind of what you were kind of picking up on. Oh, that they, everybody was just... They, everybody was hallucinating. said, Jesus preconditioned his disciples to hallucinate by the means of hypnosis. So, like, mm. in terms of, like, that they were just... Well, what about the he rest kept of the world? Repeating the same thing and just hypnotize them. That that's that's what that's believing. that's what that's why these these are ridiculous in the sense. We know the hypnotism <laughs> is right. You're just recording <laughs> Caleb the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Did he come home and do anything? <laughs> no, just, that was funny though. Okay. Uh, the next one is called the vision theory that the disciples had experiences that they interpreted or understood to be literal. Uh, literal ex- appearances of the risen Christ. All twelve, but the 
500s afterwards and all. okay yeah, that's why that's why there's 11 of them because apparently not one of them is credible <laughs> the other one is the legend or the myth theory basically oh, that, that's the god theory yeah but that the, he's, yeah, yeah yeah you got it that's exactly it's an exaggeration it's like a wonder yeah, story it's a, yeah is that is that's the that's the philosophical theory for the uh, the greek mythology and so yeah is the god theory like the g liturgy god liturgy yeah the other one is called the stolen body theory. Oh, that's have, a... have you heard that one? Oh yeah, everybody. There are Christians who believe in that. Yeah, this, this is that theory that the soldiers who guarded Jesus' tomb were bribed by yeah. the Jewish leaders to lie and to say that the disciples came at night and and stole the body. Yeah, yeah. That's is that's that in, a, that... which gospel is that in? <laughs> well, what do you mean, Matthew or the one who talks about? Yeah, oh, the, it the, might be the, the, the Matthew the, probably has. And Luke probably yeah, has a lot says, of detail. Uh, yeah, tell, tell people his disciples came by night and stole him away when the yeah. guards went back to the... Well, yeah, but that, the theory is that the guards disappeared the body. Yeah. The yeah. Then the other one is the, the wrong tomb theory. That one speaks for itself. <laughs> <laughs> they went to the wrong tomb. Which which I like. I, I was reading Did that. Did the angel uh, open the wrong door to you? The was, hey, the hey, I didn't say I agree with these, okay? <laughs> I feel like I'm defending my these theories. These are not my theories. These are just theories. You brought them up, baby. You're going to have to have a come to Jesus moment with you here. Uh, the other one is the, the number eight is the life or profit theory. Oh, I don't uh, think I know that one. It says Jesus' death by crucifixion. Crucifixion was a huge disappointment, but the followers saw a way to turn it into a financial profit. Oh, yeah. The prosperity gospel. Was yeah, a, yeah. There you go. Back then, the day. Yeah. Then you have the the mistaken identity theory, which is just based on one one uh, one one interaction that says the women mistook someone else for Jesus. It was oh. a mistaken identity. It wasn't mm -hmm. Jesus. It was someone who looked like him. So they say he's risen. Oh. Uh, like me and you, we look alike. Yeah. Well, the, the, <laughs> no, no, number ten is the funny one. It's it's the twin theory. <laughs> Jesus had a twin? No way. Is that a theory? That's a theory. No. Jesus had like parting Brady covered it. Like they're the twins. The this this theory said Jesus had an identical twin. No. <laughs> Are you serious? Played the swap game. Played the swap. Just no, the, one of them actually died. Well, <laughs> one of them actually died. Jesus was like, yeah. "We'll just give my twin up." Yeah. Well, you, well, you oh, was betting who's gonna die? I was like, "I'm not going. You're going. You're not, I'm not doing this. You're doing this. That, that's weird." Where well, you been for 33 years, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Waiting on your moment. Tony, hang around for 50 hey, days. You know what? I'm going. You're gonna die. So go enjoy life. <laughs> Go, 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 get yours to go to the ocean, go like, enjoy life, and then uh, maybe that's where the kids of Jesus and the wife of Jesus theories come from. That's on the, that's on the, um, the one theory that did, I did read about that one was the swoon theory, maybe, where he didn't die, he fainted, that he actually lived a life and had kids, married, 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 then also married another person and had kids and stuff oh, like that. Look at There's Jesus, more. they stood on that one. Yeah. And the last one, like I said, there might be more out there, but the last one I came across was called the Muslim theory, which is, it's the biblical witness of Jesus' crucifixion is false, that God actually provided a substitute for Jesus uh -huh. to die on the mm -hmm. cross. 
I never heard that one. So uh, their theory is that the substitute for us Muslim got a theory, you said? <laughs> That's what's it called, the Muslim theory. Huh. Uh, they believe because they so believe kind of like the Abraham they believe, Isaac. Yeah, 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 yeah they believe that something else. Yeah, they believed in um in Jesus that he was a prophet in the mm-hmm. sense that mm-hmm. when he didn't die, it was a substitute. Sure. That was that died, yeah. So anyway, that was kind of fun Which to get. Which one like best? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like the twin one best. I thought that was funny. <laughs> oh man, but uh, as we know, those were kind of fun to go through. But there, they are, they are just uh, theories that reject the resurrection, which we all know the resurrection is a real. It's an event in history. Historical event, yeah. All scholars acknowledge that Jesus did die on a Roman cross. He was buried in a tomb not far from the site. His death drew through his disciples into a state of despondency. Mm. His tomb was discovered empty after his burial. They ex- they had real experiences. These experiences radically transformed their lives into bold witnesses, and and we know we have the rest of the New Testament to to prove that. So that's good. Thanks, thanks for bringing those up. Yeah. So um, those are good. Those are fun. <laughs> so we got to talk about the elephant in the room in the sense that um, I don't know in your Bible, in the, my Bible, this says some manuscripts. Earliest manuscript do it includes verses nine through twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, just want to just kind of touch on it because it is something in everybody's Bible that they'll see. Um, but what are your thoughts on for the inclusion or the non-inclusion? Where do you stand on that? Oh man, I mean, many things has been said. Uh, you know, this copies gener- generally agrees uh, with each other. The most notorious exception of these um, ones um, are the two oldest and the most important manuscripts of the, of, uh, of the Bible, the Codex Vitacanus and the Codex Sianatushu, whatever. You know, just these words that I can't pronounce, but... Uh, uh, basically, you know, the, the idea is that uh, this manuscript, um, some of the oldest manuscript has ha- had the copies, had this, these. So, um, here, I mean, here's it what does, I, here's it does what seem I, like Mark would just be like, and they went out, they were afraid, and didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Given his track record, you definitely, definitely can see that, right? Yeah. Someone didn't like it being unfinished. Uh, some of the explanation was that the original ending by Mark was actually lost. And this is a summary of the endings found in, in Matthew, Luke, and John. Mm-hmm. So one thing to note that regardless of where you stand and whether this belongs here or not, what has happened is affirmed by the other Gospels. So there's right. nothing new here that is included. Um, well, I- I, you know, I believe in God. So here's, many people have asked me this question before. You can give a historical, you can give a manuscriptual uh, codex explanation to it and all this stuff. Uh, here's what I usually land on this. Uh, I go back to First Peter 3.16, right? Mm-hmm. That God's word is infallible and that God has cared for his word throughout generations and generations. So I, I trust God that he uh, kept the word safe and that he kept in here what he wants us to hear. 
I, I mean, I usually go yeah, through that. Yeah. You know, God, God is sovereign, and yeah. he and this is His word, and because it is His word, it is His to care, and I think He has done a great job from generations to generation to maintain the integrity of mm-hmm. His word. Yeah. Um, independent of what scholars say, or what different views would be, um, if I think what you said is right, there is nothing new here. It's, yeah. It matches with what was said before, so there's no contradiction with the re- contradiction with the rest of the gospel. Uh, uh, you know, there is a scientific method that people use to prove uh, mm-hmm. the codex, the, the text. Uh, the original text in the Greek uh, and, and even in the Latin some of the others uh, some of the translation of that so um, I, uh, what do you got on that no I mean I, that, I mean that's some similar things I I was just looking up like why it would have been omitted one said that he he died unexpectedly and they he didn't finish it um, oh, but, but that's, that's hearsay you know I think that's like the 11. <laughs> the eleven theories. Yeah. <laughs> no, I. I mean, I. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Like you know, God is sovereign over everything. What He wanted to make in, what He didn't want to make in, is, is it passed through Him first. So, the fact that it's here, it's part of it, and I accept it as part of the entire gospel. So, but uh, but what it talks about as as we go to that part is really just Jesus appearing to several other um, individuals. Um, and he's giving them instructions, right? And mm-hmm. kind of how he's going through. So uh, he, the first one, he arose and he, he met with, he first appeared to, to Mary Magdalene, whom he had cast out seven demons. That's a, that's a kind of a, I mean, we knew, I mean, that's a good information there yeah. too. You know, this lady was the word. A follower. The, yeah, the disciple. number seven is a, a important number. number. It's a complete number. That means she was completely possessed by demonic activity. And... But that completion of demonic activity wasn't even close to the parts of Jesus who were yeah. able to uh, provide freedom to her uh, from uh, this completion of demons. Um, and she is the one, she went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. I see this journey from demon possession to a missionary. Mm right this this idea of being a missionary like you go from being completely useless to the kingdom of god in a sense by being demon possessed to now being that one bringing the most notorious news of the whole entire first century uh, or whole entire world uh as it stands today so yeah yeah just the the transformation i mean i didn't go back and read mary magdalene's story but I'm sure whenever Jesus came across her um, because there's lots of that within the gospels of the guy of the disciples being like let's just leave that let's just you know like oh don't go and yeah. don't go and touch that or don't you know and that he restored her life spiritually she became a follower and then she was the one who then went and was you know given that privilege of sharing uh, that news with the disciples you know just the way that 
Jesus completely transformed her life. Yeah, I agree with what you guys are saying. What I find really interesting about this, how, how God is his humor and everything in a sense, because mm-hmm. back then at the time, the culture, women were not really seen as having that leader role or like being, you know, they were kind of not as elevated to the level as men are. Here you see this right here, the first people, the women at the tomb, the yeah. women here. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus is, is elevating yeah. the status of women and, and showing that they do have value in ministry. We, we have, you have heard me talk about this many times, Danny. I mean, Jesus throughout all gospel, the gospel, the, the synoptic gospels and, and John, the one thing that Jesus does is to give voice to women everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first evangelist was women, uh, was a lady, the woman on the well, right? The first missionary, in a sense, is two ladies because when he they say go tell, yeah, go it, tell. it is it's a command. We, it's a command. Is what we're gonna read it later on here. Going to uh, go tell is yeah. so go tell this news. Uh, if there is if there is heaven and hell. And if it is heaven is based on understanding and processing the resurrection of Jesus and accepting his life, death, and resurrection, go tell that the angel sent to these two ladies first is crucial, mm-hmm. is very important. I, I, I don't want to get into debates or arguments, but there and, are and, church... And we did know they went until I know Mark doesn't really tie that up nicely mm-hmm. here in the bow. He says mm-hmm. they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. Mm-hmm. And all the other Gospels, it is clear that they did yeah. go and do what the angel told them to do. That's so. right. And so... so yeah, it, I think that phrase, when I read it, it is like they're on mission. They don't yeah. stop to talk. They don't, they don't go into the marketplace and start telling all the people. Or they don't yeah. go and tell their friends, you know, like they're on mission. They don't go and they don't stop and talk to anybody. They go and do what that... What the angel told them to do. Precisely. <laughs> and, and so the first evangelist, the first mission, I mean, the, the, like there's a lot of firsts with women um, mm. yeah. in, in the gospel. So, to, but here's the thing. It wasn't only back then that women didn't have voices in, 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 in the church or in the Jewish uh, religion. It's even today. There are denominations today uh, who does not... Um, empower women in the church uh, to tell about the resurrection. If the angels uh, gave uh, uh, gave the news to um, told the women to give the news, why is it that today women cannot tell the news in, at churches? Um, I just feel that that's a little bit against what God was trying to do. Uh, in the first century uh, with women and I think we need to continue on the legacy of Jesus to elevate women to where they um, deserve to be. Uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, I, verse 10 for me is interesting though. So yeah. she went and cast it, and then verse 10, she went and told those who had been with him and they mourned and wept. No, he, as they were mourning. Oh, as they, as they, they yeah. oh, I, Oh, as I, I didn't, I didn't, as they were. So I was like, what the heck? But when they heard that he was alive, they wouldn't believe her. They're like Thomas, that, a bunch of Thomases over there. Why is that Thomas the only one who gets criticized for not believing, though? 
Maybe he he maybe he stuck his guns on it. And he, he's, he's oh, maybe one. he put his uh, he's the one who his said, flamingo foot down. Yeah, he put his flamingo foot down. He said, "Unless I see him, unless I can touch him." Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then um, we have the Great Commission here in in verse fourteen. Just kind of going through the other sections of the, of the chapter, just to touch on it as we kind of wrap up here. Any thoughts on the on the last pieces there? We're talking about 14 to 9 to 20? Yeah, yeah. Anything? I mean... Uh, Obviously, we have the Great Commission there again. That's the most important. Mm -hmm. I, I think, you know, most of you know that Laura and I wanted to be a missionary when in the beginning. When we first met, we were in Morocco for, you know, a few months. And then we came back to the U.S. and we were like, you know, we're, we're going to go into all the world. We're going to tell, you know, uh, the world about, you know, Jesus. And... You know, my dad was a missionary. My sister is a missionary today. You know, I, the importance is, like I said before, if heaven and hell is real, uh, it is important people to know uh, about life, you yeah. know, death and resurrection of Jesus. Because if you don't believe yeah. and you're not baptized, you're not saved. That's what, you know. So the Bible says, I think... Um, we talked about this before right? the most important conversation you can ever have is the one you have with God the most important conversation you can have the second most is the one you have with people about who God is oh yeah right in mm -hmm. terms of sharing the gospel uh, any meaningful conversation no matter what you do for them mm -hmm. bring food to them do everything if you don't talk to them about who Jesus is what he's done for them and about mm -hmm. this resurrection you're not really helping them no. in fact you're condemning them you're right and, and we're not called yeah. to condemn right we're called to call people and to and to the great commission is to share the good news of what what has happened here in this chapter yeah i mean i i said i, I just said you know if you don't believe and you're baptized you won't save lord made it express like what i mean you can't be baptized if you don't if you don't hear the gospel if you don't hear the gospel you don't get to believe if you don't get to believe you don't get to take the next step in your faith and the next yeah. step in your faith is is to be baptized is to walk with jesus is to have community to have fellowship it's so there is a whole process that one must never neglect uh, in in the in the journey with Jesus. You, you know, uh, you, you can definitely make the statement that you know you don't read of any Christian in the Bible who did not believe and then were not baptized, and with the exception of the of the guy on the cross, uh, you know. Which, yeah. which I think exception should be, we should pay attention on that and the fact that, you know, there are those who accept Jesus and believe in Jesus, accept Jesus and don't get the opportunity to be baptized. And God's right. grace cover that, I think for sure. But if you are given the opportunity to be baptized uh, and you reject that, so like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Well, yeah, it's definitely uh, a working out of the faith. But, you know, it says whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. Mm -hmm. You know, the condemnation comes from the not believing. Yes. So, um, baptism. I mean, there's all sorts of different fruits that would come out of your life and your walk with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Baptism being one of them. Yes. But, yeah. What, what do you do with verse 17, 18, 19, and on and on? Well, because like, and these signs will accompany those who believe in the name. And then you cast demons, you speak in tongues, to pick up serpents. 
Well, I mean, that, that drink deadly poison. <laughs> okay, let's try, Laura. Uh, <laughs> Do you believe in uh, Jesus? I believe. <laughs> I believe. I believe. I think. I think. Uh, you know, Jesus even told them as as he was with them, and just their mind can process everything. He said, you know, he it's better for him to go, so the Holy Spirit will come, the Comforter mm-hmm. will come, and help them to remember these things. So there's a lot of things that they they were inspired to write that came from that 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 holy spirit coming and indwelling them and giving them that that revealing things to them that and i think that's what this does because they we have to remember we're reading a complete picture a completed bible right sure these guys if you go back in the moment here jesus just died He's on. He, he's he resurrected. They're trying to work that out amongst themselves. Is he really? Then, so you read it this historically, not like not, yeah. prof- prophetically. prophetically. Yeah, yeah, historically. Okay, I got you. I I believe once everything has been revealed and nothing else to reveal, there's no there's no need for those those things anymore. Not that God is not working. God is still working, but the purpose for what it was is very clear here, so that the message was be spread, the gospel yeah. will be shared. Well, and they. I mean, that's how he finishes. You know, and. Verse 20, and they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. Yeah. Like if I think these are very specific things, but I think any time that we are sharing the gospel, the message will be confirmed by accompanying signs. Mm-hmm. You know, like there will be things, whether it's through our life, and yeah. we have the testimony of how Jesus, you know, there's there's accompanying signs that come with the gospel. There's life transformation. There's, you know, there's all all sorts of different things. There's a list of specifics here, you know, that would absolutely gain attention and help confirm the gospel. But I think, you know, those are just some. I think there's many different ways that the gospel can be uh confirmed yeah i think that you guys are right i think this the the point here is the message will be affirmed yes not how it will be affirmed is that it will be affirmed yeah uh it it might be affirmed through a feeling that someone had you know i often tell the story about the atheists that were that walked in the uh, dcc with his wife and in the middle of the service he felt something Mm -hmm. he's like i felt something this is weird this is this is weird. Well, that's a company sign. They believe mm-hmm. they accept Jesus, uh, and now it's part of one of us. So, you know, it's just it's just there is different signs that comes from 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 message. So we should be assured that every time we share the gospel, yeah, there'll be a a company sign, and 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 us up. I I was gonna just add add like you know why is the resurrection important? Why? Let me get your thoughts before I read mine. <laughs> well, it all falls apart. Like, well, I said yeah. it at the beginning. Uh, it's like, is, yeah. is, 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 if Jesus didn't rose from the grave, if he didn't show himself up, as we read in the book of, in the end here, in the book of Acts, if he doesn't show up and, and the mm-hmm. Pentecost didn't happen, then we believe a lie. There is no hope. We, we, there is no hope. Yeah. We we are losing our time. Might as well go. What is it they say? Go drink, marry, be happy. What is it? 
I don't know. But let me let me share with you. Let me share with you why it is. Mary, be happy or whatever. Like, what is it? I don't know. But let me share. What is that saying? Oh, you got me all. I can't think so. Uh, uh, someone in the podcast is going to tell us. They'll yeah. come tell you. Okay, so just like the other one. Come yeah. tell me. But it's like, uh, eat, 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 eat drink, drink, and be and merry. merry. Something oh, like man. that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. But anyway, here is why the resurrection is important. <laughs> the resurrection verifies the truthfulness of the deity of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It provides the hope for the believer's resurrection, meaning us, our resurrection. Mm-hmm. Uh, the resurrection indicates God's approval of Jesus, who he said, who he is, what he said, and what he did. God's approval includes Jesus' message about the way that people can receive eternal life. The resurrection tells us that God, who raised Jesus from the dead, exists. It establishes Jesus' lordship, and the resurrection ultimately promises victory over death, which is what we have received. And it is God's pledge to us on our final judgment. Mm, that's good. There's a few Thanks, things about what the resurrection means. Well, this has been a, a fun journey in, in the Mark podcast. Thank you, mm-hmm. Amanda and Laura, for joining us on this Thanks last episode. <laughs> uh, as we always say before we sign out. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Well, that's what? it? This is over? It's over. Oh, I'm going to miss this. You're going to miss it, man. So what are we going to do next? I don't know. Stay tuned, right? We, we have big surprise coming. <laughs> okay, we got a surprise coming. I don't even know about it. Am I going to be scared like the ladies over here? I thought they're going to go roll the, the stone away and then out of a sudden there's an angel sitting there. Okay, we do. We'll continue. I think it has been, it's been good to me. I think it's been good to you. It has been good to the church. We have got a lot of great feedback. We'll, yeah. Maybe the next one we try to keep it under under like under forty five minutes. And this one could have been under forty minutes, but we'll see. Alright. Okay. <laughs> As we always say. Be blessed. Be blessed. Have a great one. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being part of our journey in Mark. <laughs>